Welcome to Motor Cult episode 22. I am Eric Berger, joined as always by Ryan Sinitsky. Hello, sir. Hello there. How are you this fine uh, Saturday night in Brainerd out in the middle of a field while drinking heavily? Uh, well, we're at Proving Grounds 2K18.1, or as we, that's I guess that's what we call it. <laughs> right. But it's called Proving Grounds uh, 2018. It's the it's first kinda, one of the year. Right. They do two of these a year. Yes, they do. For There's one in June and one in September. Is that right? September or August. It's September. one of the two. September? September? All okay. right. It, they, they move it around from time to time. Hi, Jenna. Hi. Um, well, I'm, uh, I've been drinking heavily, as has everyone else here. Yep. So, me too. <clears throat> so, um, we're, we're going to keep powering through because we do yes, need a well. Wednesday episode for next week. Yes, we do. Should um, we review my wine instead of beer? Well, I, mean, I kind of want to review this we beer. Gotta, we got to do hams. So we really do. So, I grabbed, at at great pain for my own hand, I grabbed a hams. The pain mostly from the ice that you did not know exactly. was still in there. Yeah, it was it's a great cooler. cooler. You know, you could just it's a really good cooler. Your hand. Yeah, you well, know, Corey, this is a lot easier said than done when you're drunk. Um, anyway, <laughs> the beer section of this episode is going to be hams. Well, yeah, so I, I provided these because when I... In more than four in, I get kind of generous with my beer, and I don't want to be handing out really nice craft beers that are going to leave a hole in my pocket. And by book. handing out, you mean charging $2 a piece for people to drink? <laughs> I don't do that. I only do that in Mexico. Uh, um, okay. No, but I, I do... You like 30 minutes Yeah, ago? when we were in Mexico. Before Allegedly. we came to Brainerd, Minnesota, oh, right. it was legal to sell Brainerd, beer without a license. Sorry, I didn't a subsidy, uh, uh, subs- uh, whatever, Buffalo. Yeah, Buffalo. Um, but anyway, so hams, it's... Um, yeah, that's Burger opening his. This is a very cheap beer. I got to steal beer. the limelight once. Uh, yeah, he did. This is a very cheap beer. Uh, one of the cheapest. It's on par with like PBR or Pig's Eye if you're from Minnesota. Boxer if you're from Wisconsin. Gross. It is one of the dregs of the beer world. However, it's actually not bad. I'm going to say as far as the dregs of the beer world go, I will take a hams any day. <laughs> Before I take a Budweiser product. I feel like hams is really popular with the grassroots car community, especially at an event like this. It is definitely, it, it's a good uh, once you're four in beer. Oh, for it's, sure. It, it's you don't want to start necessarily with hams. I mean, you could. Well, no, I mean, back in, back in the day when I was, you know, into heavy metal and stuff, like this was the, the go-to beer. Because you can get a 30 pack for like 13 bucks. Yeah. It's great. It's way better than Boxer, too. Like, I don't get way hung better. over on hams like I do on Boxer. And honestly, I, I prefer this over PBR. Oh, I don't. PBR, actually, I, I really like. I like the flavor of hams over PBR. Um, that being said, compare this to any craft beer and you're dealing with garbage. Um, well, I mean, yeah. that's just just it's, a fact of life. It's but, like it's like nothing in that growler No, uh, magazine with the cat on the cover. No, absolutely nothing in that. But, I mean, if I was given a choice between a Hams or like a Budweiser or a Miller or a Coors, I will take a Hams any day. So, let's a take cool, a sip of a ours. Coors Bank? Okay, yeah, I'll take a sip and then form my opinion. Because, I mean, um, I've, drink the, I've had this a million times. Um, Me too, but... I mean, honestly, it's got... I would take a banquet over this. I don't know about that. I've had banquet. I think this is a better beer between them, but, I mean... They're very similar. 
It's like asking, what do you what do you prefer, McDonald's or Burger King? Ooh, McDonald's. Oh. Well, yeah. what meal What's of the, the thing? day? Well, the thing is, is like breakfast. I'll d- take McDonald's, but wait, if we're talking when, lunch, I'm gonna take a Whopper. When you drink something like a like a banquet, it's like drinking. It's like having a. It's like having Wendy's over McDonald's. Ooh, don't I can't do Wendy's. I tried yeah, exactly. it again. I tried it last week for the first time in a year. It wasn't well, the, good. The thing is with fast food, like my firm belief is, unless I'm eating a fifteen dollar hamburger or something like actually really good and from yeah. a good chef, I'm just gonna have a McDonald's because everything else, with the exception of Newman's Bar in North St. Paul, it's the only place where I've had a cheap hamburger. It's actually good. I have not had anything, or have I been to that place? It's like voluntarily having a cheap hamburger. Like just go Did get you the just cheapest. Say voluntarily. Listen, man. Not voluntarily. Yeah, sure. Okay, Let's go great. with that. Cool. Um, no, it's like having a cheap hamburger. You got you go with a cheaper beer. You go with a cheaper hamburger. You know, you're getting it to get a, a desired effect. You're not eating it or drinking it for the flavor and for the quality. Right. I get that. That so, makes that oh, makes sense. Overall, oh, oh my god, that currently getting blinded, blinded to death by a pit bike. Uh, actually, I think this is a Honda CT70. That might, that, that, that is most definitely a Honda CT70. A wild Gus has just appeared. I don't yes. know what you're talking about. Hi, Gus. We're, uh, we're, we're recording episode 22 of the Motor Cult Podcast. Yeah, welcome. This is actually completely um, <laughs> we unscripted. Did not stage, yeah. well, <laughs> we did yeah. not say just at all. So we're live right now? Yeah, we are. Well, we're going to yeah. record We're going to be we're live. So. it live, but this, we don't edit this at all. Well, oh, welcome, cool. Gus. <laughs> I awesome. honestly don't know you. I've met you Surprise, for the guess. first time today about 3 o'clock. I, <laughs> I'm into BMWs, I guess. Woo! <laughs> and there's fireworks. There's oh, fireworks. Wow. That, wow. that bottom That bottomed out the microphone pretty yeah, good. What are those levels doing? Sorry about not, that, everybody. Not so great. Rip um, your phone right ahead for you. <laughs> the, the night's getting more and more lit progressively as the night goes on here, Literally. so... Yeah. Well, we're we're trying to get this in before they do the giant pallet fire two spots over from us. Yeah, so the, the, the space two campsites down from us has that... 500 cubic inch Cadillac drift car. That is probably my favorite car here. It's, it's pretty great. In fact, you know what? I had this at the end, but let's move it around to the front. Yeah. Let's talk about Proving Grounds. Let's talk about the event we're in. Because when we had Brian yeah. Janich on last episode, we really didn't talk about it no, at all. No, we didn't. We were recording we were in the from excellent my comfort of a Eight. mobile podcast recording facility, yeah. aka a Mazda 5 manual minivan with air conditioning. Yeah, it's the greatest vehicle of all time. That's not if true. You, well, but no, it's really the good. greatest daily driver. If you have to drive more than Mr. 100 Wags miles, is better. If you have to drive more than 100 miles, if you want something that costs under six grand, okay, you get a Mazda yeah, 5. Yeah, you, you definitely can't like do four, Mr. Wags. Like if that's the thing. Like, is anything to say, it's probably 16 grand. Yeah, oh my god, that is the most ridiculous car. That guy is that guy's a jackass. Wait, so yeah. my car is worth twenty eight now. Yeah, yours is worth twenty eight and my Mazda five is worth two thousand. I meant to post Mr. Wright's <laughs> on Craigslist for twenty seven grand, but just, You totally should, dude. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's a joke. Hilarious. Dude, I guess a clown. Oh, How I much can't is believe that. Anyway, what's up? Beside the point. No, the thing is with, with proving grounds. Yeah, proving so, grounds. Um I've been so com- let's I've been go over what the event is first. Um, well, so modern automotive performance. My, MA Performance originally started doing this as a way to promote themselves and give BIR a track day. Brainerd International Raceway, if you're not from Minnesota. Um, also, Paul Newman, uh, his favorite racetrack was BIR. So, of Newman's own, every time you see that, think of BIR. Yep. Um, no, I, honestly, this is one of my favorite events of the year. Um, as far as track days go, it's basically the exact same as Power Cruise, but, you know, it's locally ran. Well, it's a little different because Power Cruise will use the long course. 
Yep. Whereas this uses Donnybrook and the drag strip. So Power Cruise doesn't have drag racing. And I, I being a drag fan myself, I come yeah. from the Honda community, which really, ironically, drag racing is the thing for Honda people. I kind of prefer the automotive aspects of Proving Grounds, but I prefer the social aspects and everything else and the thing of is, Power Cruise. This uh, is a young event. It really it is. It really is, yeah. Modern automotive performance. Are you talking up. about, like, the, the actual event itself is, like, Proving in, in yeah. its early days? Or are you talking about, like, it's a millennial event? It's a millennial event. Okay. Absolutely. There's yes, the people that attend it are much younger than the people who attend Power Groups. Yeah, Just no, I mean, we really are some sure. of the older people that go here. I mean, I've been going to this since You got a fair point. Probably. You got a fair I've, point. I went, it took me two years to get out of here, but I went to the third proving ground. So I've been coming out here for a minute or two. Yeah. Um, and it's progressed exponentially since I've been coming here. How long yeah. has this event actually been going up here? God, 2009, 2010, yeah. something like that. Something oh, like good, that. good yeah. Like, it's been going about for about the better part of a decade. Nine, yeah, nine coming on a decade, I bet. You know, okay. the thing is, you don't go to this event as a track day. No. You go to this event um, as really an automotive. You, you, it's like a big car show with no, no, all no. the events to go. I have a good analogy. This event is the fucking melting pot. Yes. You go to a fondue yeah. meal. Yes. You got your goddamn appetizer <laughs> shit. Yep. You got your goddamn broth fondue. You and got you got your, your chocolate fucking dessert. And you got the little fruits to go with it. And damn right. It's, damn right. it's, it's a lower brow grid life. Yeah. Or if you've not been to grid fire. life, if you are not from the Midwest. Oh, they yeah, are starting there the bellfire. <laughs> probably a, a two-story tall I'm so, so, so sad we can't live video stream these episodes. I know, right? Because if, this, this fire, okay, will digress even a bit more. The people two doors down yeah. <laughs> that have that drift Cadillac also brought a flatbed truck that Full had a events. ratchet strap with gotta be a hundred pallets on it. No, it's oh, two it's stories of pallets, for sure. <laughs> yeah. This and is, they just lit them all on fire. And the Cadillac just showed up. Yes, that Cadillac is fantastic. It's got a roll cage in it. I it's kind of badass. Have it here. Maybe they can catch. But um, let me. Um, if you're not from the Midwest and you're listening to this, somehow you discovered our podcast and we're only 22 epi- episodes in. And you're from the like the West Coast, or, or if you're going through the backlog years yes, later. Yes, that's true. This is kind of like a real life version of the Forza Horizon oh, yeah. video game series. Yeah, the whole the festival. The festival. This is basically real life Forza Horizon. Yep. It's this the is best. a lot like the Horizon Festival because yep. you don't just have. Hell, there's well, concert no, there's concerts. Right yeah, there's, yeah. there's three there's concerts happening Horizon. tonight. Yeah. Well, no, there's there no there is. Yeah. Uh, there's yeah. actually a DJ over by the MNCC where the car show was by yeah, their booth. Right by their condos there. Yeah, so. Okay, really there not. is actual your, uh, stuff happening. Your Mazda 5 got entered in the car show while we were doing the podcast <laughs> in it. We, we parked it there because it was next to Brian's tent, and they actually put it into the car show because David Abramovich, the dude that's run, that was running the car show with uh, Dan Balto, super cool guy, he's a Mazda guy. He's like, dude, put your car show in. Well, it's already four in at that point. I'm like, sure, why not? <laughs> allegedly. Allegedly four in. Well, I, did, are... I did not drive it. We had Corey, our sound technician, drive it, allegedly. Yes. Who is stone cold sober. Nobody and would ever something. drive with an open container at Proving Grounds. Uh, no, exactly. not at Proving Grounds. So, nope. <laughs> we're in Mexico. So. Mexico. No, no. Yes. that's uh, the, we, Yeah, we were. Mexico, yeah, Minnesota. Mexico, Minnesota. Minnesota, a.k.a. Brainerd. Hey. Anyway. B-I-R. So, um. <laughs> hey, what's up? Do you want to? Have Gus as a guest and actually ask him the questions. Sure, Gus. Oh boy, oh, on the spot. Super unprepared. This is awesome. Yeah, this I is am, great. Am, We're unprepared. He's no, unprepared. Everybody's unprepared. Question one: 
Would you prefer drive a slow car fast or a fast car slow? Slow car fast. Good there answer. you that go. The yeah, that's the correct answer. You are allowed on for the next question. Question is... two. Mondial Dilemma is what we call it. Holy shit. This one is... Um, that My friend Aaron I can feel the heat from here. Yeah, I can yeah. feel that fire from it's, probably about 50 yards away. It's 200 yards away from me, and I can <laughs> feel the heat from here. There is one campsite down, a regular-sized campfire going. I can't feel anything from that one. Two campsites down beyond a camper and several tents. I can feel the immense infrared radiation coming from that and pallet fire. And I can fire. smell the pallets. I can smell the lighter fluid. Yes, actually. And we are in the opposite direction of the wind. Yes. Um, We're definitely going to go check that out after anyway, this so episode. But anyway, so Mondial Dilemma. Yeah, Mondial Dilemma. So anyway, uh, I was in San Diego on vacation last fall. Mm-hmm. And while I was out there, my buddy Aaron Sikowski, who was splitting time between Minneapolis and San Diego, sent me a Craigslist link <laughs> to a 1984 Ferrari Mondial hardtop in... Blue with Speedline wheels on it, no engine, no trans. It was originally a QV car, so it probably had a really, it did have a very valuable drivetrain in it that yep. somebody clearly bought the car for, ripped it out, and then decided to sell the shell. So what the this shell, question is, what well, we should add, the shell is transverse mounted, manual transmission, yeah, and the original engine is worth more than the car. Oh, yes. by a huge yes. amount. That's massive. That the so engine's yes. worth more. So it originally, than the car. yeah, it had a transaxle and a transverse mounted V8. Yep. So our question is, without cutting sheet metal, and with off-the-shelf parts and or commercially available adapter kits, what engine and transmission has to be manual? Would you put in this 1984 Ferrari Ferrari Mondial Quattro Valvole to just drive? To use it like, for whatever you wanted. To use it, yeah. It would have to be the Porsche you, transaxle. You can't do Porsche. it. That's longitudinal. Yeah, it is longitudinal. Has to be transverse. So that, is that's why this question that's how is it's so good. Difficult. Yes, it is. So, all right. Just and, for, of course, any commercial company out there makes adapter plates for any LS V8 Chevy engine. But that all goes but longitudinal. Sure. Correct. I mean, our, our guest three weeks ago, Nick Johannes, said transaxle and LS. Yeah. That was his answer. And he assured us that that was available, and I'm sure it is. Yeah, I'm sure but somebody out there makes this drop-in kit. It's kind of a boring answer, too. I mean, it let's, is. let's go over this. Ryan, well, what was your original All right, answer? So, so my original answer that I gave live on the show was a 12A rotary. That uh, would be pretty cool. With peripheral port. Actually, what? no, it wasn't a peripheral. It, it, was, it was a, a peripheral port. No, it was a bridge port. That's what it was. It was a bridge port. A bridge port a type of mill. No, a bridge port is where you have two separate ports instead of one. Well, a peripheral port is where it goes into peripheral seal. You have said um, peripheral every single time before this. Peripheral. All right, so, so whatever. Anyways. I'm sorry. Anyway, anyway, so a ported out say... 12A with a AE101 transmission from a Toyota Corolla, which is a commercially available kit that's made right. down in Puerto Rico, and there's also a, a shop in uh, What part of Florida. Mexico is that? Mm-hmm. It's <laughs> in the Caribbean. Eastern. Um, you said drive every day. I would not drive a rotary every day. Well, that's true. That's where we get to my I said <laughs> drive every day or whatever you want. Okay, there, so. there we go. Okay. Yeah, it doesn't necessarily have to be a good daily for us to approve of your answer. Yeah, but yes, What obviously. I said was I was going to take a 2001 Ooh, we also mention, five-speed transaxle. We should I was going to take a 3.3 Sienna V6 and take the factory 3-liter supercharger, yep. bolt all that together, and have a 350-ish horsepower, turnkey reliable, lightweight drivetrain with yep. the manual. And those Toyota engines are correct. In- indestructible for boost and all that fun stuff. We well. should also yeah. state 
that the factory no, engine made between 240 and 260 horsepower, yeah. somewhere in that so ballpark. Be, so it's an attainable you, amount of power. It's something to be cognizant of. Yes. You don't have to aim for it. It can be a lower power up, but the car is, let's say, 2,800 pounds. Yep. Earlier this week, Brian from International Vehicle Importers said a turbocharged 4AG with the 7M bottom end. That'd or not 7M, uh, 7AFE bottom end. I was going to say, with 7M is not going to fit not transverse no, a 7AFE bottom end, which was a 1.8 liter 4AG yeah. from a Geo Prism. That'd so. be very cool. You know, or yeah. like a KA24 or something like that. Which was another answer. KA would be interesting. Yeah, that it would, would because yeah. it what still... Oh, no, we not had a KA, actually. What would fit? What would a KA fit in launched, or transversely? Could you put that on an SR transaxle? I'm sure... There's got to be a way. There's there's KAs something are, out there. You know this. So like a, a basically well, you a could do an SR20 truck engine. That would be cool. Well, if you can do an SR20, then you definitely can do a KA. Yeah. Okay. Then yeah. So there you go. yeah. Because well, the SR way better than oh, SR. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Totally and they don't agree. break. We learned that one today. Yeah. And drifting. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, KA, KA, SR20. So uh, so you would put in a, a, a KA. I would put 20. in a boosted KA24. 24. Uh, e or ET or DET? Would you actually put the money in to do, do over at CAM? Absolutely. Okay. Oh, yeah. So that's fair. It's totally not fair. that much more, especially in those engines. No. You can pick one of those up for nothing. Yeah. And then well, you throw yeah. 20 pounds of boost at it, and you're looking at that 400 horsepower range all day long. And it was, that would be magnificent in that chassis. And it sounds decent. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. It would come in really hard for boost. Smooth, reliable power. You know. Keyword reliable. That'd yes. be a great. If you want to take. Yeah. If you oh, hey, I'm going to drive this back second. to we, San Diego. We got this giant like, ATV yeah. playing terrible side rap music. Side by side with fucking terrible music going on. Yeah, I, I wish they'd like, turned it off or I something. I don't even know what's going on anymore. It's fine. I Everything happens. Sorry about that, guys. Yeah. Well, Just I imagine. with us for a I can only imagine they're either as drunk or more drunk than we are. I'm going to hope more drunk. Yes. Well, the key word is don't this drink This is going to be a fun episode to listen back to. Yeah, <laughs> I am very sorry for <laughs> But, um... I really want to know what they hope to accomplish by <laughs> driving over there. They're looking, they're looking for a spot. I imagine they're fire. looking for thoughts like every other single male here. Like, oh, my God. Somebody said... <laughs> I'm a single male, and I'm recording a podcast, so... <laughs> that's I mean, that's probably off. why hey, you're a single male. Until that's the thoughts find that out. Which they yeah, when the thoughts, thoughts find that's that's that out, they're going to come yeah, to yeah. you. Like, they'll they'll be flocking to the Pusheen shirt. Oh. Yes. You've that actually, is... you've been really oblivious. A lot of girls have responded to that shirt today. Oh, Absolutely. I know. They've, they've complimented me. Yeah. Oh, Which shit. is excellent. I'm that's surprised we even... That's the secret. That's yeah, no, it is. They I'm know su- that you're confident if you're wearing a shirt with a fucking cartoon cat on the front <laughs> and back. Do they have those at Walmart? No. No. My mother gave me this shirt for, like, my birthday or something. <laughs> it's like your, mo- your mother wants you to be, like, just drowning in women. I'm currently... <laughs> <laughs> Currently getting a phone call from Janesville, Wisconsin. Oh boy! It's probably somebody you know, but can't. I'm remember. sure, but it's I somebody also, up here for I sure. I couldn't be bothered. I'm gonna have well, to climb. All right. So Ooh. anyway, uh, so your your KA engine idea. Yep. Great because it actually make it reliable. Yes. We've yet to have an answer like that. No. Um, that's we've not had true. we've had My a lot answer of answers. Very reliable. The well, K- no, no, no. The K24 is perfectly reliable. The LS no, is no. Perfectly they, they came up with the K20. He came up with the K24. A KA24. K-A. I'm sorry. Yep. I should enunciate the A. Yeah, but, um, um, 
don't know if it's a no, pronunciation he, he if came... you completely miss it. Well, listen, man. 11 beers will do a lot to your yeah. pronunciation oh, of the English language. Anyway, so, no, your your answer is more be able to drive it across the country Absolutely. over be able to do anything else. Get it all done in San Diego yeah. down there and drive it on back. Exactly, yeah. Well, actually, That's a great, a great response. So, <laughs> I approve of that response. So, um, Gus, tell me about yourself. I honestly, I've never met you prior to 3 p.m. today. So, so um, to elaborate on his question, just tell us how you're you involved in the car community locally. Yes. I grew up working on exclusively BMWs with my father. He taught me everything he knew. Okay. And my knowledge has since surpassed his tenfold. No way. Who knew, right? <laughs> I know it all. <laughs> you, you create a nerd out of a millennial, and your millennial I am a surpasses I will your, nerd, I am your nerdery. Millennial, but I am not a millennial in a certain sense. You're, you're like you're like Burger and I. You're, I'm you're a Gen that, X. You're that yeah. weird in between Gen Absolutely. X and millennial. And I'm young. If your parents yeah. are boomers, then you're a Gen. X. That kind of like 19 to like 86 to like 1992. Wait, we'll see. Like I'm only 22. Parents or like. 22 would yeah. be a millennial. See, That's a millennial. But I, no, I don't act like a millennial. Well, not necessarily. But, I'm I mean, talking whoever nurtured your See, they, they throw me in that classification. Yeah, but, I mean, you know, it's it's like classifying a, a 93 a or 92 Mustang as a 90s car. It's a Fox okay, body, then, but still a 90s car. Typically. Uh, so, I mean, you're technically in that boat. Anyway, so, yeah. so I grew up with BMWs. My first car was a 89 BMW E30. But you rolled up here in a Honda uh, CT18. That's my little pit bike, okay? Or CT70. I currently own a 2000 E39 M5. I'm actually a big fan of the CT70, so That's don't think... That's a cute little thing. No, no, I mean, like, it's a dope bike. Like <laughs> I put three people on there, and the thing was a champ. It went oh, to third God. gear at 25 miles an hour, no problem. No, I mean, like, when I say I'm a legitimately a fan, like, the chassis design... I've honestly, when That's I when where looking Honda for was correct. Yes, the chassis design of that bike is great, and correct. I've oh. I've been looking for a pit bike exclusively for proving grounds, and the CT70 and the Honda Monkey are on my short list. That there and this weird bike called a, called the Widowmaker, which is a 25 cc pit bike, which I think is hilarious. That's also. On the, uh, I on think the, the correct answer here is a 200cc tuned liquid cooled Vespa. Yeah, yes. it, which you did not bring. I did not bring because I didn't have a vehicle with the trailer hitch I really wanted to bring up here. That's you true. And my trailer was completely full of used BMW. You should parts. absolutely Typical. take your your Vespa out on uh, for. Dude, I could have driven two. it up here, like, no problem. Absolutely. It would have did 70 the whole way up here. Dude, this no, is you... 92 up. Really? That's crazy. Yeah, dude. no, his Vespa really is... really goddamn fast. His Vespa is very, very tuned. And I bet it's pretty comfortable to ride, too. It is. No, you <laughs> should totally bring that Vespa out uh, for proving But I wouldn't have been two. able to fit my easy up. You and should, your tent. You should bring your your Vespa proving grounds too. Gotta get a trailer too. for your Vespa. And do triple. I don't know if I'm coming to PG2. I'm coming to Power Cruise. Well, you should. Well, I mean, PG2 I know has tri- T, uh, triple T, which is. Um, is that like Mr. T, but three of them? Yeah, kind of. Oh. You do autocross, road course, and drag. That's I'm what not I did. Autocross I did that the goddamn Vespa. Well, you're probably hey. not road coursing it either. I did but that it'd well. be hilarious. Be cool. I am actually in TTS. Yeah, that's a this, TTS. This, yeah. I actually yeah. did that. Yeah, I did so autocross and drag today. You should do that with a Vespa. Road course tomorrow. You can do that with bikes. Here? No, you can't. I don't know, but I mean, why not try? It's drag a Vespa. Strip, though. Hitting drag, yeah. drag strip with the Vespa would be so awesome. 
So anyway, you're a BMW guy, I guess. Correct. Yeah. I started working on E36s, and that's when I immediately found out I needed parts. And, and that's where Burger comes in. That's where Burger comes in. Because he was a dismantler for years. Yes, he actually so. worked in partnership with my guy that I work with now. He's a douche. Oh, well, on that bombshell. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> and that's the end. And there we, I mean, that's how it goes. When so, somebody shorts you twenty grand on commissions, it yes, turns into a dish. I understand yes, that. That, that. That is fair. As That's... a business partner, he is a terrible person. As a friend, he is a great guy. Okay, fine. Can you agree with that? No. Okay. Well, Ber- Burger's got a personal grievance. I don't know the guy, so I'll agree with you for Anyways. Now. Anyway, so, yes, he so you work with him now. I and... work at Recycle BMWs. I've been there for just over a year now. And I like it. I really do. I enjoy my job. I go to work. I You just take stuff. apart BMWs. You pay yeah. Basically. That's totally fair. Yeah. And, you um, know, I'm learning a lot along the way. I mean, I don't see this being a career by any means, but it is a good job. No, the, it's it's a stepping stone to greatness. Absolutely. It's one of those things, you know, um, being that I'm of career field myself, I worked a lot of weird jobs mm-hmm. where, Same. like, AutoZone and, like, order processing at MA Performance, which MA Performance is a great business. Yep. But order um, processing is not fun. Yeah, no, it's, it's not a good job. That's like being that's like putting it box. Well, no, no, I did, I did like I did anti fraud and stuff like that. But still, it's that's like cool. people get really hyped up that you say MA performance and hear what you do and they go, oh. Hey, <laughs> well, they got to think have of, blah. of how a, much little stuff goes on behind the scenes of map. It's not it, all it's fabrication. A, it's, it's no, not it's not. It's it's definitely it's hot rods and stuff. That's. It, what what it was, it was consumed. a lot of, Absolutely. it was a lot of anti-fraud <laughs> and stuff like that. That's cool. Um, but no, it's it, it's one of those stepping stones you do along the way to figuring out, getting your way in the career field. So that's no, a great job, Dave. It's a great job to do is start right. out as a dismantler and then go from there. Well, I've actually um, done pretty much every career field there is. I've been in food. So it's just one part. Well, I mean, as far as automotive goes. Yeah, exactly. Like, that This is the first automotive job that I've actually held. Okay, yeah. So that's a great starting place. Because I've done, you know, I've worked on my own. I've bought cars. I've fixed them. I've flipped them. You know, stuff like that. Who hasn't? Yeah. But no, everybody has. Exactly. Yeah. Well, like, for my instance, I've done every job. Lube tech, lot guy, detailer, yep. car salesman. You know, performance shop stuff, and yep. now I'm a and now I, I I'm an automotive journalist, so there I basically go. get paid to go to car shows, um, which is honestly, if you can write and you're very good at it, um, which is honestly the only skill I have in my life is like <laughs> writing, um, that that's the way to go. Yeah, it's I, I would recommend that to anybody that can write, and that's in the cars. So very good. Yeah, no, I mean that you're you're doing great. It's a great yeah. way to start start along the path, and you know, you know, I've been into BMWs my whole life, like I said, and it just it clicked for me. You know, exactly. Work, why not work with them every day, all day when I can? You know? And that that's how I'm. I just come from the the Japanese car yeah. side of things, and that's kind of what Motor Cult is. Is I'm we call it JDM meets DTM. Yes, is I'm classic Japanese cars all the way, and I guess. With him, daily driver, a modern Japanese car, yeah, and Burger's owned two Japanese cars in his life. Oh, uh, I've owned more than that. Oh, I'm sorry, three, because he had a, a Super 360 at one point. No, I had the Forerunner too. Oh, four. Okay, well, still, you can count on one hand. Yes. Anyway, um, Burger, do you want to move on to our normal topics here? Yeah, one second here. Okay. Sorry, I got, some, sign off then, I got some weird No, no, you, you stay, stick around. I you mean, sure? we, we love having whenever we have our guests on, we like to have them. You know, stick around, 
you know, have their input on what our topics are. Because, I mean, what we do is we talk about the automotive culture at large yeah. here. Um, Surprise oh, guests are the best guests. Yeah, I mean, I mean, no, normal, um, your normal national news, the more local stuff. See, I don't follow the news much, so I'm not going to so be much input. I'll, but be, I mean, I'll be very neutral. It's it's yeah. gonna, it's kind of interesting because I've wanted to have just a normal Joe car guy on, and this is perfect. There we go. Um, but no, we we do a lot of stuff with like like last time we were, we were talking about you know importing Japanese cars mm-hmm. and doing uh, and then some do, doing some national stories like uh, some stuff some hilarious stories from Canada. But I'll let you go back to li- the last podcast to listen to those. Um, okay. But no, this time, um, what, I guess uh, I'll start out here. Um, I was just waiting for no, you to finish did, did you want it? Did you want to start out? <laughs> I mean, you can certainly do the, the GTO thing if you want. but No, go for it. Yeah. My, uh, my first topic for this evening was, uh, it wasn't one I even pulled out of the Patreon topics, which is strange because it's going to sound like it was one, but it was how do you approach somebody that owns a car that you want to buy respectfully? So... You see a car parked in somebody's driveway or something that you really want, but you don't know how to approach the person without, like, scaring them off. Oh, we've been dealing with this. There's an S10 off of uh, France in Edina that that's pink that I really want to buy. And yeah, it's a four-cylinder, yeah. And we've been thinking about, like, we're trying to figure out... I'm not sure this thing can hear you, Jenna. Okay, well, there's an S10 near my house that we used to pass that's on... The way to uh, another friend's house, and we've seen it sitting there for about five years, barely moving. It's got flat tires, and we've been trying to actually solve this question. Like, because I really want it, because I know my grandma had a pink truck. I don't know what kind of pink truck she had, but I feel like it would have been a pink S10. Um, so I kind of want one, and I just want to, I want to build it, and I want to save this one that's just been sitting off of a busy highway or busy road through through street yeah yeah through street for a really long time and and i've actually bought several cars from people who didn't have them on the market right it's very difficult to approach because sometimes you can come off as oh it takes a lot longer yeah the the blue m3 i just bought was the same way it wasn't listed for sale yeah a, a lot of the cars i bought you said haven't yeah. been listed publicly for sale and people don't have a price point in mind they don't have no idea where to price it because right. they just never thought of it. It, right. it it can be the best way to, uh, to yeah, buy you a can car. get the best deals and it's all about the, the approach deal. it's all about the approach it um is. my way the best deals where you can walk away uh yeah. i was actually looking to buy this uh 88 crx hf which to honda people That's is the most desirable crx was it yellow no, it's black. Okay, that's but good. it's the mo- it's the most yeah. desirable trim level no. because it's um it's the lightest. Oh yeah, like it's the eighty eight was the lightest year. It's the only year without crash bars in the doors, which saves you eighteen pounds at the cost of all safety. Yeah, that's fine. But I mean, who cares? It's a it's track car. Yeah. You're putting a roll cage in it anyway. Um, but I approached this. Every single corner was dented out, but the body was rust free. And the way I approached it was, I was working at the grocery store that the guy regularly attended as back when I was in high school. Mm-hmm. I buttered him up over the course of like a month or two. And sure, it wasn't country crock. No, no, it was it was real butter. Nice. Um, nice. But no, I I I'd been, I'd been I'd been <laughs> I'd been buttering him up for a while, and um, he finally did come up to me and say, "Hey, I'm looking to sell my car." Of course, it was right after 
I bought my EF Civic. I still lived with my parents at the time, so yeah. I didn't have room in my driveway. However, Trig, our first guest we ever yeah. had. Uh, no, he, Balto was our first guest. Oh, sorry, guest. our second guest. Trig, was Trig. Like the third. Second or third, yeah. Uh, Trig. Anyway, our guest Trig. Aaron Stokowski um, was second. Yeah, so Trig. Trig was, he was in the first five, I'll Yeah, say. yeah, he was in our first Top handful. Ten. Yeah. But he, um, he ended up buying that car. He was huh. a guest we had at one point. He bought it for $87. $87. Less than junk. So you, you didn't have room in your driveway for $87? I didn't have room in my driveway because my parents at that point oh, in time. So I, I couldn't so have done Regardless of what I did, I couldn't yeah. have done it. Eventually I broke that rule and I just filled my parents' driveway full of weird old Japanese cars. I can vouch for that. I drive by it occasionally and it still, it still has. Including two of my Accords that look identical. Yeah, no, that that, that driveway to date is still on that one. Automatic one? It's because a good parts we're car. taking parts off of it. It's a good parts car. And my parents are very God. understanding at this point. <laughs> but, I mean, and mean, they're the reason no. why it's still sitting in their driveway, oh so it's kind okay. of punishment. It, it, so going back to the actual topic, all right, yeah. what do you do? Do you like so go what, ring their doorbell? What, no, do you no, like mail I, them a letter? What, what, do you, what, I, what do you do? I did, Assuming I, you don't know This guy was a regular at my grocery store. Assuming you don't know them. Yeah, this is it. He's a regular at my grocery store. Okay. I was the basically a janitor. Because I was like seven, I was sixteen at the time, and I'd saw him walk out to the car once. And at that point in time, I waited till the next day he came in. I waited till his car was rolling in, and would, you know, average person spends out fifteen twenty minutes in the grocery store. Waited around that amount of time and started pushing carts. So I'd be out in the parking lot. Which I found him. Says, hey, dude, that's a really cool CRX. Sh- you know, shot the shit for a while, and then just said, you know, if you're ever looking to get rid of it. I would. This has been one of my dream cars since I was a kid. That's the keyword to say how much you love that car. Yeah. And you gotta you gotta approach them on an, an emotional level, I kind not of a agree. sales. Like you have to make yeah. them understand that like you appreciate that car probably more than they do. Yeah. Yep. And then you that want breaks this down car there, more like, than they do. I mean, they're hanging yeah. on to it oftentimes because they don't want to see it go into disrepair or yes. go into the wrong hands. Mm-hmm. But if you can establish without them even asking that you are indeed a competent set of hands and you're going to care for the thing, yeah, you're going exactly. to appreciate it, they're like, oh, dude, I'll sell it to you at a loss. Like, I just didn't want the thing to go into a junkyard, basically. And that's what this guy did. Eventually, that CRX, uh, Trig bought it. He owned it for probably about 15 minutes. Um, but, no, he, he did eventually sell it to a guy, uh, to his buddy, went to a, a junkyard... But before it went to the junkyard, one of the guys at the junkyard bought it and restored it. So the car cool. is still around. That's awesome. Like, it's a really cool story that the CRX HF 88, the most desirable one. But the thing is, the guy didn't restore it as a race car project. He was an older guy. He had known these cars for fuel economy. He wanted it as a summer daily. Mm-hmm. But he wanted it nice. He went to a junkyard that had a lot of Civics rolling through them. Yep. So he actually put on a full, like, fresh yep. front end, fresh doors and everything. Got it painted. Like, it's still a really nice car. It's probably better than it was originally when that guy sold it. Nice. To, to uh, Trigger originally. So well, that's good. That's yeah. kind of the cool story about the car is that car still exists. So it's well, one of those things, you know, it's all I, about approaching them emotionally. Yes, I agree with that 100%. Yeah. 
And you, you also, you cannot be a dick. You can't. You have to and be a nice I guy. like to be honest. Ah, <laughs> oh, damn it. Yeah, that, that's yeah, the I thing. I think buying cars from private parties is out for me, guys. Yeah, uh, I think, I think <laughs> you might be out. We knew this already. Yeah. yeah. What are you talking about? I'm kind of a huge douche. Well, it's, yeah. it's kind of, the thing is, it's like, well, I, I've got a lot of experience in sales and stuff, so and you so, just. And so do I, yeah. Yeah, so like, you, any experience you have in sales, you or just, it's the same skill set. Yep. You just reverse everything you're doing. <laughs> you put yourself into the buyer's shoe and say, what do my buyers look for when I'm buying a car? And I'm like, I approach them on their same level as a friend, not as a greasy sleazeball. And I say, this would be great for you. Mm-hmm. And they say, yeah, it would be. And now I'm like, I go up to the guy, I'm like, this would be a great car for me. And the salesperson now, the person that owns the car says, yeah, it would be a great car for you. Yep. And it works. So you, you, you the key is not being a dick. Also, these tools make you a better person in life. <laughs> so, there's that. They'll only take you so far. It's true. Because you so. also have to be able to haggle, too. And Yep. That's it, the next point I was getting to. Yeah. If you express that this is your dream car, that you want this car more than life itself, that drives the price through the roof. That, not necessarily. Not every time. Yeah. Not every time. I will agree with that. But it will raise the price in the other person's mind. They're like, if, oh my if god, you're, they want this car If so you're bad. younger, and, or you're older and wearing kind of like grubby clothes, and you kind of look like, you know, blue collar, like yeah. you don't have a lot of money, they're more willing to, well, you, go, you don't want to go, you don't want to go to buy a car in your Sunday best. No. No, you definitely, because Janet, you've bought a couple of cars yeah, I've in bought, that same way. Um, uh. Well, two Accords. Yeah, two Accords. Uh, how I got my second Accord was we went to go see it, and the guy wasn't very serious to selling us because what we were offering wasn't what he wanted for it. And then, um, because, like, the the accord, my manual Accord, Manuel, yeah. um, has... Named cut, after the, the sales article yeah. where you misspelled manual. Um, yeah. Anywho... <laughs> So it had, like, this huge backstory with a lot of love involved. Like, I mean, it's got 500,000 miles on it now. We're not exaggerating um, either. Yeah, it's, and 4, maybe, it's 498. Yeah, and we've put maybe 2,000 miles on it ourselves. Um, and I, uh, I, I told him about my automatic accord and how we are getting this accord because my automatic transmission is gone and there's no way to fix it because it's a car made out of Bondo and I showed him pictures and my face was obvious that I was in love with this car and he goes you know what I had someone coming that was gonna buy willing to spend more on it but because I know you're gonna take care of it I think the original owner would would have wanted to sell it to you personally and I still keep in touch with him I tell him everything that's going down with the car and he really appreciates that it went to an owner that loved it as much as the original owner who unfortunately passed yeah i mean i get that like a lot of people will find their previous cars on youtube or you know occasionally they'll see it on facebook or something like that if they friend me but that's kind of that's after the fact of buying the car Something like I totally get that, but my main point with this was like, how do you approach somebody that has a car that you want? That initial approach yeah. before right. you get the into initial the sales approach. process. Right. And again, I go with you compliment the car. You 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 wait till the guy's out there. If it's somebody that's like on your route, you say that's on it. Or I guess another example would be like on the way here, 
I saw a Trans Am 350 GTA, which is on my short list of American cars I don't hate. Um, <laughs> with that car in that situation, on my way back, if I saw the guy, like, if I saw cars in his driveway, I'd go knock on the door and say, hey, man, it's driving down the highway. It's a dope Trans Am that you got. You know, I've always loved these since I was a kid, and it's the same thing. you you got to approach it on an emotional level. Make yourself seem like you're the sort of person where they're making a gang of money on it. Say, oh, man, pay whatever for this. And then when they say, what's your price, you give whatever your lowest price is. And then you pack them up. So, I guess. Yeah, once but, you get your foot in the door, I think establishing that rapport is good. Yeah, it's it's all about rapport, it, 100%. That's what everything sells. approach for but me the, has always been easy. Because I was going to say, I'm what is the initial approach, though? I've like always going, been a people person, just going straight right, up to but them. like, assuming the person isn't outside. you like, got to leave a note. it's parked and in front this, of their house. This actually happened to me. Yeah, you leave a note. Do you put it yeah. in the mailbox? Somebody left me a note right on my windshield of my car. And they said, hey, I really like your car. I buy lots of these cars. If you want to sell it, get a hold of me. And they left their phone number. Okay. See, that's the thing is, I don't go that way. I don't go that route. I go with the more emotional well, route. If I if route. I can talk I, to them in person, see that's because, the difficult part. That's what he's getting at. He's like, if they aren't there, how do you get a hold of them? Do you wait for them? Do you yeah. Wait? Or do you try to like? I would knock. Out? I would knock on the door and say, and if they um, if they're not there, leave a note on them. I always yep. have a pin on my car for that reason. Yep. Me too. Um, and at least say, hey. I love these cars. You approach on an emotional level. If they don't call you back, it wasn't meant to be. Exactly. Then they didn't want to get rid of it that bad. Yeah, exactly. So, it's kind of the thing. You got to appeal to them as a more emotional response than you actually are appealing as. Uh, because you want to keep a level head. Don't actually get emotional, but look emotional. Like, it's, it's basically, it's acting. It's just like, you know, my father, uh, he, he's a career actor, and one of the key tricks to acting is put yourself in the character's shoes mm-hmm. and act that part out and make that seem like it's a real thing. Yeah, put yourself But in at the end shoes. of the day, keep your, in your mind, keep yourself on that realistic, like this is what's happening. Mm-hmm. Am I going to buy the CRX with every single panel dented for $3,000? No. Hell no. Am I going to buy it for less than junk price? Yeah. Absolutely. Let's try to make that happen. Absolutely. And you look at the person, the person's not a car person, and yeah, I mean, you go for it. So, but I mean, at the same time, if some, you don't want to rip people off, mm-hmm. but I mean, this CRX... Oh, but getting a good price is yeah, and imperative. Yeah, the, 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 the CRX, the only, the reason it was an $87 car is the guy just said, how about 87 bucks? He thought it was worth nothing. Yeah. And I mean, there's no, there's nothing wrong with saying, yeah, sure, agreeing to the original price. If that's under what you were thinking you wanted to pay, go for it. But at the same time, you don't want to be a dick and, you know, buy a five grand car and try and steal it from the person for a thousand bucks. You, exactly. know, you don't want to do that. Exactly. Um, and you want, I always like to keep bridges not burned. Exactly. You know, because then if something goes wrong with a car, you can always go reach back and be like, hey. You know, not, not only that, you know, coming from the collector standpoint, yeah, that original good. owner, the guy that owned that car, that's a huge part of the story of that car. If that dude loved that car and that guy kept that forever... That's an amazing story. Absolutely. This is a huge digression. Moving on to another anyway, topic. Yeah. yeah, it's going Let's on. Let's talk about uh, not cheap cars anymore. Ryan, you've got a story about the uh, 250 GTO that went up for auction. Holy crap, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that set a record, huh? Um, yeah, I, I wrote down the price, I think. Se- uh, yeah, you wrote $70 million. I thought yes. it was $80 million. No, It was $80 million after buyer's fee. Oh, okay. All right. Um, and I, yeah, so uh, 
the 250 GTO historically has been one one of the Ferrari 250 GTO has historically been one of the most expensive cars ever sold at auction. Yeah. Period. Which is insane because shortly it was held by the Auto Union 250 GTO. I think it was the California that overtook that, and it was a two a 250 GTO long wheelbase. Uh, then for a short while last year, 275 actually took it, which is kind of surprising. The 275s. <laughs> Although, personally, I think they look great. Um, I can understand how the 250 GTO goes for more. Cause the first time I ever saw one was in Forza 2, and I blew my wad over that car. And I saw the price. I'm like, okay, so that's never going to happen in my life. Um, right. <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, it's kind of disheartening, because, I mean, at $70 million, 80 with buyer's fees, like, nobody's ever going to drive one of those ever again. No, they... Every single 250 GTO long wheelbase, I think the exception of two of them, that are left in existence, which is like maybe 15 of them left in existence, yeah. they're all driven at 10 tenths all the time. I mean, that's cool if they're actually getting driven at vintage races, but like the insurance. <laughs> it has to be insane, but <laughs> well, I would what's love the declared value as uh, 70 million dollars. What? Oh, we gotta get our lawyer involved. <laughs> right. But yeah, no, that was actually astounding. My boss emailed me a link out of the blue on that sale. Yeah, really it's strange because he's got that uh, the two fifty clone. He's got that clone based yeah. on seventy two two forty Z. I emailed him back. I'm like, damn, so yours must be worth at least one one hundredth of that, right? <laughs> He'd be thrilled by <laughs> Which that. Which is I think. still more than he paid for his clone. But no, those. Uh, you know, my thing is, I'm really happy that two fifty GTOs are going up in value so precipitously. Because I honestly believe, like, pre-war cars included, we know I'm for Bell, so I keep oh. doing it. But Duesenberg's included, like, I honestly, in 250 GTO, <laughs> might be one of the no best-looking no vehicles Bell. of all time. And, on, and best they're driving. They're very sexy. They're very sexy. And I think the only other cars that can hold a gamble to them are a handful of coach-built Duesenbergs, namely the Mormon Meteor, and... Um, Maybe like the Auto Union Formula cars from pre-war, like that, and like the Countach. But there are too many Countaches for it to ever be worth that much, right? So, but yeah, I'm, I'm very excited to see that car actually be back at the top where it belongs for the most expensive car ever sold at auction. And yeah, that, that's a production car. It's not a one-off or anything. Not a concept car. It's a right. race car. But, I mean, it was a homologation car. So, I mean, it's extremely low numbers. But at the same time, well, it, it wasn't just a homologation. Those were actual cars that were sold to people. It's like an Evo RS. Kinda. Were sold to people but that they, they wanted it as a, a race car. a fewer 250 GTOs. No, I, I was saying like that. The same kind of mindset where it was to be sold as a race car. And... Uh, those cars for a long time were disposable, and a car like that, with the unique body as it has, um, uh, deserves uh, much more comeuppance than just being disposed of. Um, I can only imagine what the actual Le Mans car was, because this was not the Le Mans car either. Le Mans. Le Mans. Yeah, this is just a normal car that sold for that much, so I thought it was kind of cool. Um, Alright, that's fair. But yeah. yeah that, that's definitely noteworthy. I mean, that's a huge auction record. Yeah, it so. really is. Um, but anyway, let's keep this kind of pressing on. For sure. Um, let's yeah. talk about Patreon right yep. now. I've got a Patreon topic this Which week. you can ask for if, you're, <laughs> uh, so if yeah. you've actually... How yeah. you, the layperson, the listener, gets to submit these is if you go on patreon.com forward slash motorcult, you can go and experience our two levels of support. Uh, the first one, I believe, is $1.50 or something. That's just to buy Ryan and I beer. 
so we can be belligerent when we record this for you. As and now. the second row, oh god, yeah. Um, <laughs> the second one uh, is beer belligerence, and it pays a little bit extra so we can um, afford equipment and stuff. So your ears. Well, everything kind of goes yeah. toward that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I front a lot for this, but it's fine. I enjoy it. The second one affords you the opportunity to actually submit a topic to us, which we can then review and uh, talk one. about on the show. Right. Yeah, you can submit multiple. I mean, at least As Scott has. Oh my God. Oh yeah, we've got <laughs> we've got a sweet Google document that's got a bunch of these topics on. I think it, we have one of just Scott because he is your brother is prolific. He outshines every other preacher and supporter. Good content for yeah. sure. But anyway, um, another person. The question I want to talk about is. Uh, if you had to pick one vehicle for a cross-country road trip, what would it be? Cool. And that's actually a pretty good question. So that's why I dug it up. It's kind of short and simple. And it's kind of it's pertinent. It is. We just did a road trip, and not cross-country, but a road trip. And, this, and for me, it's assuming that you're driving the car and not riding in it. Um, but I would still take a, a first-gen Rolls-Royce Phantom. That'd be a great car. That'd be cool. Yeah. That'd be very cool. Preferably with I a mean, six-speed spot. So you have to drive. You have to pay for everything. Yeah. I mean, so you yes, have to be reliable. Fuel yeah. economy. Okay. Um, Cross-country. Com- so com- somebody tells in. you you got to drive to SoCal tomorrow. Okay. So we're including inclement weather and all that, of course. Sure. Yeah. But, but I mean, assuming I have done, you're going to do it in the middle of summer. I have done several cross-country road trips in all sorts of weather. We drove to Washington, state of in my parents' three-quarter ton 454 Chevy Suburban. But that was efficient. It actually did better than you would think. It got 16 miles to the gallon on the highway. <laughs> that is better than I would think. It's better, yeah. There was eight of us in there. For oh, a seven-and-a-half liter or whatever. It's that eight. We fit yeah, all eight fine. of us in there, and, I mean, it was 23 hours, and we did it nonstop because we had eight drivers. Nice. So it, it, it actually did work out very good. Another trip that I've done is I drove to Arizona with my dad in a... SEC 500. That is my favorite Mercedes of all time. Is a 500 SEC. Yes, it was so, a. Burger knows how strongly I feel about these cars. I send them links every day. With a soft top. That would be SL, not SEC. That's right. The I mean. SEC. SL okay, okay. Yes, so yes. the SECs are Grand the land Touring Coupes. Yeah, they're a 500 S. E-L, yes. or S-E, if you have a layman Correct. version. Okay, so my correction, but it was so, an SL. The SL, that's Jana's favorite Mercedes. It was, a, a, it was a very cool car you, to drive. If you couldn't hear Jana, she yelled from the tent, hell yeah. Hell yeah, um, <laughs> from Jana. <laughs> exactly. So we did this, we left on a, it was December, early December, in northern Minnesota. And of course it was snowing, in a convertible... Rear-wheel drive Mercedes from the 80s with no trash control. Exactly. <laughs> with all-season tires on it, of course. And we drove that through the snowstorm into Arizona with no issue. And in the evenings in Texas, I was doing 130 miles an hour on the freeway with no worry in the world. Well, those engines are... The it ran engines like a are watch. very overbuilt and very untransmissioned. Yes. Like the transmission agreed. really kind of... You know, that's the limiting factor. They're very mushy. I mean, Burger's proven with uh, Blumsky with his... He took the engine out, essentially one of those, and stuck it into his 240D, and that engine will pull and blow the tires off it through fourth gear. Yes. Like, it is an amazing engine. You hear... 200 and whatever horsepower. Oh, it's more than that. It's well, I mean, underrated. stock is like... <laughs> stock, it was like with the really terrible exhaust and like the 
drinking straws for exhaust tips and the mechanical CIS fuel injection, it made like 280 something horsepower. But I mean, still, but now the thing it's probably is, like it's... mid 300s and it's probably like low 400s in foot pounds. They're a torque it, monster. They're, yeah, it's I mean, the, the, the torque. The yeah. are the size of like large cancerous fists. Yes, they're that, huge. It's an engine where the um, the the numbers on paper when you hear horsepower. You're does like, not matter. It's like looking at old pre-war cars. Yes. Where it's like, yeah, I've got 84 <laughs> foot-pounds of torque, but I got 450, or I got 84 horsepower, but 450 foot-pounds of torque. Like, it's just a torque monster. It will pull to whatever speed you feel like pulling to. Right. Very good. Well, then, and still reply to taking a car across the cross-country trip, when we came back from Arizona, we were forced to take an E36 convertible. <laughs> forced. Forced. We had no other option to get home. Like, I guess when you think of the E36, the only thing I can... The only, and this isn't The only thing I think of with that, with the I E36... the utmost refined... I think of the car from... Have you seen Big Lebowski? Yes. Right, you know the log jam and the porno in that? The car that the porn star is driving is an E30. Yeah, yep, it's an E36 convertible. Same exact like, car. That it car. Was the same car. Whenever and everything. Jamming. Whenever I see, whenever I see a E36, I just think of 90s pornography. Okay. <laughs> yeah, so, that's fair. Yeah, actually. that's a 90s pornography car. We were forced to wow, take this that's convertible. A <laughs> but so, that, that's what you took back. How did that fare compare to the R107? <laughs> Not even close. Shocking. Yes, of course. But, so, on our way there, we decided to go through Oklahoma rather than going through Colorado. Because, of course, you can take two ways around the mountain to get to where we Why are not? in yeah. Arizona. On it our way enjoy back, more of the country. we decided to go through Colorado in December. How'd that go? In a Arizona-only clapped-out E36 convertible. I imagine you did the entire trip at 45 degrees of the direction you're traveling. You're just... Sliding along the way. Yes, exactly. <laughs> we hit Vail, Colorado, in the mountains, ten thousand feet up, degrees. <laughs> and there were signs that said chains, four by four, snow tires only. And here we are with a rear wheel drive. And you, you told that sign to fuck off. No, I'm sto- sure. Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. And we got stuck in one town because they closed the freeway on us. We had to and wait, and it was just this huge mess. It sounds like a disaster. Side the point. It got us all the way home, and so, it was a great car, but I would not take it on a cross-country road trip again. Oh, so God, you no. would you would probably <laughs> say the R107 would be your cross-country car. No. You could, no. So what would be your cross-country the car? The W126 would kick the crap out of an R107 for a There trip. is that. So there you go. So yeah, but see, I'm still not even leaning towards Mercedes. I'm going what back going to the BMW. On? Okay, well, you're a BMW guy. Exactly. So that makes sense, yeah. And Shocker. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> I absolutely love to drive my E39 on the highway. Okay. It doesn't okay. have to be the V8. It doesn't have to be the M. That's it a 5 be, Series, right? Correct. 5 okay. Series. A 90s 5 Series. So. Yep. No, t- Early 2000s. 2000s, 2000s yeah. Early 2000s. I would prefer the 2000s. They are a little bit more luxury option. I sold one of those back in the day when I was working at Subaru. Uh, we talked about this two podcasts ago, I think, mm-hmm. where I said that the, the navigation on that car was the same as a 2017 Outback. It is. It you can really buy is. the CD it's for great. the it's modern an amazing, stuff. I honestly, I really, that might be my favorite BMW. Second to the, I think it's E24, that's the 635? Yeah. Correct. Yeah, second to the old 635, 633 CSI. I know, right? You, executive you, you, car is yeah. something you would pick. And you're going to be <laughs> but, shocked by what my answer is once you get past it. So then, 
either or the 7 Series E38. Both of those are great highway. Fantastic car. Another I see. I like E60s car. too. They do drive very nicely. They do drive better. But I, I've always been a fan of seven the timeless series look. Seven series are yeah. They're, no, they're the E39's got a better look to it. It's a beautiful sure. car. Um, mine. You know, yes, I, Ryan, I, I do have to go with Japanese. <laughs> oh no! Of way. course, shocking. No I know. Way. Um, it's gonna be a Toyota Century, isn't it? Is actually, it funny enough, yeah, you're right. I'm going with uh, my my editor, uh, Ben Sue. When my name dropped for like the hundredth time in this podcast, uh-huh. even though we've done twenty podcasts. Well, I mean, he got my start in that one of career. I love one, that. Yeah. I, I, I love Ben. He's he's the best. But um, for his wedding, he his getaway car was a Toyota Century. <laughs> That's that, yeah, it's a, I can't can't think of a better getaway car made after World War II. Um, <laughs> but no, I, I would say a Toyota Century would be up there for my for my favorite um, car for a road trip. My other recommendation would be either a Toyota Van Wagon, Toyota Light Ace, uh, or I guess Town Ace is the one with the the glass roof. A Toyota Town Ace van, or a Mitsubishi Delica because there are way more of those in America. Uh, and they also came with four wheel drive. So yeah. in your Colorado situation, yep, a Mitsubishi Delica, turbo, turbo <laughs> diesel, you know, four wheel drive, optional, rear wheel drive bias. What does that have anything to do manual with a like, transcontinental road trip? But this is my reasoning. You have the better fuel economy. Okay. You have the rear wheel drive for fun. Okay. It's mid engine, so you have better weight distribution. Okay. It's lifted, so you don't have to worry about like road debris really. But it, since it's got the engine mounted under every, everything else, you still have a relatively low center of gravity. So the, and you also got about 150,000 windows in the car. So when you're driving through the Redwood Forest of California or through um, the Dragon's Tail or whatever it is in... Tail of the Dragon. It, Tail of the Dragon, thank you. Close. In uh, Georgia. Um you're gonna be able to appreciate that's the view. No, I was gonna say that's West Virginia. West Virginia, I'm sorry. Right? It's on the way. It's like Tennessee. It, it's in the. It's, in it's that, south of the Mason. They lost the Civil Mason, War. <laughs> it might as well be the same state. Same area. Uh, <laughs> we're all wrong. We, we must go like there and find out there. where it is. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah the South will rise again, apparently. But that's so not true. When we think, of, I would say a Delacar or a Century, though. So when we think of road trip car, we're all thinking of a big. We're thinking of comfort. You want comfort. So you then, want to appreciate the drive and the view. So then, oh, change the complete ass of our mindsets of luxury, you know, road trip car. What if we're only limited to a two-seater? A two-seater? Two-seater only. Oof. I would have to say a Toyota, a Z10 Toyota. Yeah, Z10, I believe, is the one. Is the chassis I'm thinking of. Ben, comment in the... Porsche Boxster. Make a comment yeah, in the comments the if I'm wrong. figured out suspension tuning. But a Z10... R107. Yeah, R107, as Jana said... Yeah, but uh, no, good, I would say a, very good one. a Z10 Toyota Soar Aero Coupe, because it made right the generation right before the 300 or the SC300. Yep, they had the Toyota Soar. Lump of bullshit. This has turned out. <laughs> but <to> they <laughs> they made a convertible version of that was which is kind of like a Bauer E30, <laughs> where it was an active Bauer hardtop cabriolet. Okay. Yeah. It was That's a really gross. cool, like, oh, yeah, but this one actually flowed a lot better than the okay. power. The like, power this one, so I weird. honestly, I like the Aero Coupe more than I like the normal Z10. Oh. Um, but yeah, so, that, that would be my, that'd be my choice for I would be really torn car. between the S2000 
or that's like, a terrible road trip car. That's Dude, that cool. that that road the handling though. It's you you don't want a GT. Terrible. You don't want a GT car. over this a sports thing is car. So buzzy. Yeah. No, it's a horrible road trip. Yeah, car. that would be. That's gonna go under the column of wrong answers for. Road <laughs> oh my gosh. No, because the thing is, you're gonna want a GT over a sports car. I understand, but it, we're saying two. What? No, that's what I'm saying. It's like the S2000. is gonna suck. A two plus two. Well, not necessarily. A soar is a. Well, I guess that is a two plus two. Well, shit. Three uh, a Z31 300ZX would be the only correct answer then. God, no, that's no, not a two seater. That is a fine answer. It is not the only correct answer. Then what is your correct answer? I already gave you Porsche my correct answer. Which Porsche I Boxer. Agree with. Porsche Boxer or R107 suspension tuning. Mercedes also solved suspension tuning. Okay, so we it's we we have comfy. we have firmly covered uh, European and Japanese, uh, the markets that we all like. Yes. Let's make, let's throw a wrench into this and say American Corvette. What two down. seat American car would it take Transcontinental? Yeah. C six Corvette. All right, uh, because I'm, because I can't think of that many great two seater American cars. Two plus twos are, are okay as well. No, no, we can't do that. Well, two seat American we crippled the Germans by saying two seater, so we have to do that with American. <laughs> hey, it's true. Yeah. Um. Oh my word. Yeah. <laughs> It leaves you with a Corvette. So I guess, what generation Corvette would you like? <laughs> I'd like a Cadillac XLR Corvette. That'd actually be a good car. I think the XLR would be the way to go. Uh, uh, I would want to say... I don't want to talk about that car. I, I, would, I would want to say a C4 Corvette, because I'm. You're, that's my favorite Corvette. Oh, it's, it's the cheapest and it's the coolest. Oh um, I, I would, do like the C6s. I really do. I would say... Really nice. Yes. You know, if if we want to, I mean, that's I, typical Chevy. I, I want to throw I want to throw this out there because I, I I need to get off my chest. An AMC AMX would also be another anyway American car. Okay, now we're cool, moving Interesting on. engineering topic to cover. Oh god, so I gotta do this. I'm drunk. AMC. <laughs> <laughs> we have been holding off super hikus four wheel steering for a long time. And um, I'm just opening the link right now. Yeah, it, it, it is, is a technical it's document. Very dry. It's I'm a very dry technical do- document. Basically, on su- four wheel steering. Yeah, on four wheel steering. Not just that, but Super Hikus four wheel steering. Mm. So they had Hikus one, Hikus two, and Super Hikus. One and two are both hydraulically actuated. Super Hikus used a computer. Uh-huh. Um, what I really think is cool about this, um, well, Hikus one and two. Did add substantially to the weight of the car and didn't react as quickly. Super Hikus being, you know, 1980s computers. Mm-hmm. I mean, it wasn't great, but, but I it's mean, super, super. Anything that says super by, by default is great. But no, Super Hikus four wheel steering. I mean, that's what made a lot of Nissan products from the late 80s and early 90s as special as they are. Uh, they're most known for having that on the R32 uh, Skyline. You know, we really should have had Brian. Uh, from IVI, we should have said this last time, but you know, too late. Well, yeah, it is too late. We could, I guess, we could go find him. You know, sure, he's probably over completely there. inebriated. It's. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I'm not gonna say it's too late, but the amount of like party lights and silence elsewhere. Yeah, I don't, exactly. I don't think we're gonna get anything out of anyone really. No, no. But anyway, um, Super Hike is basically it uses a computer uh, to rotate the rear end around on corners on R32s, and that's what made the R32 stand out as much as it did and made it worthy 
of the GTR title for the first time since the Ken Marie. And that was GTR selling. only, right? It was not it was GTSD. Only, well, I think later on they did eventually adapt it to GTS too. I know that that's they the they did that is the Cadillac roughing in the background. The Driftalac. The they did um eventually the two forty SX that we get, the the ultimate drift car, people always people can find super high cost versions. They were the highest trim level and every single drift was boy, that on the yellow. Z thirty two or no? I don't think so. I know they actually. had passive four wheel steer on those for a while. It was passive. But... That's different. Okay. This is a passive four wheel steer. This is an active system. This is an active four wheel steer. It's actually a really cool system, and it is more reliable than the Honda four wheel steering they had in the Prelude, and more. The Prelude and... was a terrible disaster of a four wheel steer. No, it was not good. It was uh, not good. It, it made the it... car very heavy and did not help very much. No. Um, but no, on the Skylines and on the 240SXs by extension. I would be very surprised if they didn't have it on the Z32. And how much how degree that... did they help with? Do you know? It was. I know it was under 15 degrees. 15. It was I under. Would, I want to say 10 sticks in my head for some reason. It's something like that. It was like it was something on. It wasn't a lot. No. But it was enough when you're a, when you're going at full chat in the R32 GTR, you can do unreal things with that car. Absolutely. Is it one of those systems where it was uh, opposing direction below yes. a certain speed and then... Cur- uh, no, the, that that, that was that was the Prelude. Uh, this one is ex- exclusively opposing direction, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, Jesus. Yes. That's and the... No, no, it actually isn't. Because with the active suspension and everything, they had every single thing in the R3 too. No, that would be extremely sketchy. Doing opposing direction at like 80 miles an hour would basically roll your car, even yes. if it was like a couple degrees. I've driven an R32. So it's got to be a system that changes. Her yeah. Brian Janich, I mean, he let me drive one for an article for a Japanese nostalgia car. I've driven one of those at 10 tenths. So it's probably a system like, that varies. It, it is the predominant um, four-wheel steering system. If you ever want to experience four-wheel steering properly, you gotta do it. In I think R32 Mitsubishi GTR. did it very well as well. They, I, that is. I, I was just say GMC did it great with the twenty five hundred Sierra with the, no, the Quadrasteer fifteen hundred. No, no, no. Yeah, it was, it was only, only in the fifteen hundred. Yeah, what really? are you doing? Yes, dude? they did not do it. Also, really? yeah. Yes. Also, those Quadrasteer <laughs> GMC yeah, had a really cool box on them. Yeah, the box layers on them. Steering gear too, as it moves, is really cool to watch. The, but the funniest part is, is how it's a solid rear with steering, and then it's IFS front. It's hilarious. It just, it's like, come, it's come on, General Motors. But no, anyway, <laughs> back back on topic with Super Hikus. Uh, no, the uh, and I guess by extension Mitsubishi, the uh, three thousand GT VR4s did yes. have that for the fir- for the first like seven years or something. Yes, and they're um, very well at it for when they came out. That is another car where I would actually I would, I'd put that on my list of cars that I would road trip in because the three thousand GT VR4 is not one a of seater. <laughs> no, it's not, but it is one of my favorite Japanese cars of all time. Um, and this is including a lot of weird shit that I get into, like the old Corolla SR5s, early Camrys, like the the 3000 GT VR4. A lot of people talk shit about them because they just look at it on paper, and that VR4 car is spider great. is something I would or, uh, I would own for sure. Yes, 90, the 95 car. only. Yeah. In 96, they discontinued the four wheel steering. Yep. 
I don't so, really care about I just that, watched but... the Donut Media on it. Yeah, they did a very yeah. good write-up on the 3000 GT. That's an, another uh, a YouTube channel that their first one they did on the Skyline, I yep. blasted them. Yeah. It was so inaccurate. <laughs> yeah, there are so but many holes, but they've, so much better. they've gotten they've very gotten good so at what better. they do. Yeah, they're really good now. That's yeah, they're one of those oh, buzzwords. Blasted. Blasted. Yeah, oh my god. No, Roasted. No, I, grilled. I, grilled, yes. No, I, I didn't grill them. I, I charred them. It was like I flying. Char, char a sp- broiled. Or is that a trademark of Burger King? Uh, yeah, burger my King. article oh, on, the, on the Donut Media Skyline post that they did was like flying a spaceship into the sun. Like I, I tore them apart on it, but it's no, they've good. since gotten very, very good. With yep. them. Chris Pumphrey is a great presenter. If he's ever in town, we should totally have him on. Who? Chris, Chris, Chris Pumphrey. Pumphrey. He's uh, he's from a Donut unique Media. individual. That is for sure. Me okay. and him, he, he's kind of like he me. Click very well. He's me plus ten years. So. So basically, Doug Demiro. No, no, Doug Demiro is. <laughs> he is my I'm turd. just trying to trigger you. What were we Dr- Doug DeMuro is burning. the turd that I just laid in the porta potty across the way here. I'm about to head back Plus over there and years. piss my brains out. Oh, anyway. don't, don't go in there. Don't so, go in the woods. Please. Those things but are yeah, all no, destroyed. So, um, super right, high cost for real estate. We, might, we, might, we might come back to super high cost when I'm not, you know, the better part of a dozen beers. Fine, we can squeeze it into like a second half of another interesting engineer. Yeah, I will. <laughs> um, so again, sorry about this episode. We wanted to make sure we got oh, you. Oh, I'm not something. sorry at I, all. I guess we're not really sorry. It was. <laughs> it was it, it's an empty sorry. It's like when a congressman gets caught lying. And he says sorry. <laughs> I did not have um, sex with that woman. Hey, that's a president. <laughs> it, it's, it's, I was it's, just playing my saxophone. And she slipped. But anyway, it's it's an empty sorry. We wanted to make sure you got something on Wednesday in case you couldn't record anything else. So, thank you You're very, very much yeah. for listening. Gus, thank you for yeah, dropping for by dropping on your totally dope Honda CT70. She's a ripper. That's a thanks great, for having me. It was the best fun. fit bike. Drum I love it. Pretty legit. Yeah, yeah. four wheel hey, drums. So you like four wheel drums? Four wheel or two wheel drums? You like to party? <laughs> I like to party. We're the anyway, other two wheels. Honey. Yeah, <laughs> I had to get through the rest of this thirty pack of hams that I bought for thirteen dollars. So. And I need to respond to some messages for apparently the Lexus that I fixed is making bad noises in. Wisconsin somewhere. Perfect. So I get to make a phone call on that. Drunk. Anyway, thank you very much for listening, and we'll catch you next week. Yep. Bye, everybody. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye now. There's no bombshell on that. There's a bombshell.